like that. Huh, look at that. Okay, so if you go to Schoology, I'm going to plug this in so you can see it, but it's already on there. Again, like I said before, I'm going to keep with the same pro like method of posting things in weekly folders. As soon as it turns on, there you go. So again, if you go into the remote learning adventure folder, it's the week 32, which is this week through the 25th. Okay, so you can pull that up. It's already there. I think I put this stuff on Friday, so. Three folders, again, the bottom one, the 20 time project one is just a Google form. It's like five, like, I think it might even be two questions, I can't remember. Just like, do you want to do a presentation live or do you want to submit it to me? That's it. The poetry day one, the Sarah K one, we'll do in class. Again, if you're not in class when we do it, then you'll have to answer. There's two questions, I think. It's, it's really just your opinion. Just read the poems, watch her read them, tell me what you think. That's literally all it is, okay? Most of what we're gonna do this week is Slaughterhouse-Five. Big idea, work and essay slash creative response. One, two, three, four things. We're gonna do those in class. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, basically. Um, today we're gonna do the first one. Tomorrow we'll do the second one and maybe part of the third one. And then on Wednesday we'll finish up the third one and talk about the essay assignments for next week. I mean, we'll, and now you'll have to have at least two days next week in class to work on them, okay? Any questions? Yay. Okay, so I'm gonna show this. If, if you pull this up, there's an empty slideshow that looks just like this. That's what we're gonna talk about today. There's a couple places in here for you to, to write in some answers, what you think. Again, these are all, I mean, most of this is opinion, right? We're going to talk about the idea of a hero in general. I'm going to give you some examples. We'll talk about some definitions, blah, blah, blah. You guys are probably already, I mean, we're going to watch a quick TED Talk. I know you've probably all seen it about the hero's journey. I think Ms. Band might use it. That was a million years ago, so you might not remember. I have a couple of fun things, and then we're going to talk about how this applies specifically to Slaughterhouse-Five, because we talked a lot about what's Kurt Vonnegut doing with the idea of a hero. Are there heroes in this book? And we'll talk about specific people. Okay, I'm going to shut the door there. So if you want to pull this up in Schoology and do it right now, you can. If you want to do it later, you can. I'm recording this. You can come back and listen to it if you want to do it later. That's fine with me. Some of this is just, so again, if you're, I'm going to say this, if you're listening Later, this is all the stuff I'm going to show is in the slideshow. There's a couple of videos. I'm just going to let this record while it plays because it's, it's stupid to turn it off and on. So here's what we're going to look at. Images of heroism in Slaughterhouse-Five. What is a hero? So we're going to start off a little bit fun. Maybe you guys all know this movie and this song. Do you guys know the movie Footloose? The original movie Footloose, right? And the song, Holding Out for a Hero. I'm going to play you this. Here's what I want you to think about. If you haven't seen this movie, just all we have to focus on is this particular scene, right? Are either of these guys heroes? Like, what if they are, what makes them that? If they're not, why not? That kind of stuff. Just think about those, those ideas while we play this real quick. I think it's like three or four minutes long. It's funny. You'll like it. It's a very young Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Don't ever do this, by the way. <laughs> I 
Okay, so I, I can't remember the other guy's name. I probably should know it. The Kevin Bacon character. Is it Chuck? Maybe it's Chuck. We'll say Chuck. Sure. Um, is the Kevin Bacon character a hero in this scene? Okay, don't forget about the whole movie. In this scene, is he a hero? No, the one who didn't. Okay, why would you say no? Okay. Okay. So she's she's saying that she doesn't think that Kevin Bacon character is a hero. He may be more of a sort of a warrior, but he's not really doing something for somebody else. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Are we supposed to think of him as a hero? I mean, with the music playing, I think we kind of are. I mean, I don't know that actually. Mis- exactly. Right. So, does he want to jump? Absolutely. He tries to a bunch of times. His shoe is tied to the, or his, his shoelace is tied to the, I think he can't jump, right? But he, as a result of that, does he win? Yeah. He does, right? So the other guy, I mean, this is a game of chickens. So the other guy is the chicken because he jumped off, right? So d- does that, by default, make Kevin Bacon a, a hero? Uh, not necessarily. Right, the, the, the stakes are pretty low, right? You know, in, in, in the scheme of things. Now, we, if you know the rest of the movie, this sort of, sets a bunch of things in motion, but that doesn't matter. So think about this in terms of like someone like Billy Pilgrim, right? Billy Pilgrim often is put in situations in which he's sort of a hero maybe, but not really. And also often it has to do with the fact that he just happens to be in a place where things are happening, right? In much in the same way that this guy is like that, right? Okay, I'm gonna show you one other thing real quick. And this is the one you've probably seen. The hero is a literary figure. If you've seen the whole like, um, Journey of the Hero thing. I don't know if you guys are, did you guys, let me pull it up first before I ask you if you've seen it because you don't know. Have you guys seen this before? I'm gonna play it anyway, but it's like four minutes long. It's about the, 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 hero's, the hero's journey, right? In literature, like in just about anything. Now, does it apply specifically to Slaughterhouse-Five? That's what we're gonna talk about. It's much easier to put it in something like, say, the Odyssey or the Iliad or like, you know, those sort of classical ideas of what the hero does, right? Um, and that's one of the things that Kurt Vonnegut gets calling into question, really. Okay. After we watch this, then we're going to talk about stuff. So. That seems very loud. What did Harry Potter, Atlas Everdeen, and Frodo all have in common with the heroes of ancient Greece? What if I told you they are all variants of the same hero? Do you believe that? Joseph Campbell did. He studied myths from all over the world and published a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, retelling... It's not entirely true. That's what most people like to think. I mean, I love Joseph Campbell. He actually did not do a whole bunch of stuff with the Global South. He pretty much stuck to, you know, the Mediterranean. Uh, Europe, North America, and a little bit within Asia, but not anything from the Global South. So it's a little bit of a skewed version, actually, but that's a whole different conversation. Explain dozens of stories, but explaining how each represents the monomyth or hero's journey. So what is the hero's journey? Think of it as a cycle. Does the, the closed captioning bother you? Hero's ordinary world. Okay. Because I'm going to have to turn it off. But. Along the way, there are some key events. Think about your favorite book or movie. Does it follow this pattern? Status quo. That's where we start. So think about Billy Pilgrim. Does it apply to him? The hero receives a mysterious message, an invitation, a challenge, to a client, assistance, 
A hero needs some help. Probably from someone older, wiser. Three o'clock. Departure. The hero crosses the threshold from his normal, safe home and enters the special world of adventure. We're not in Kansas anymore. Four o'clock. Triumph. Being a hero is hard work. Our hero solves a riddle, slays a monster, escapes from a trap. Five o'clock. Approach. It's time to face the biggest ordeal, the hero's worst fear. Six o'clock. Crisis. This is the hero's darkest hour. He faces death and possibly even dies, only to be reborn. Seven o'clock. Treasure. As a result, the hero claims some treasure, special recognition, power. Eight o'clock. Result. This can vary between stories. Do the monsters bow down before the hero, or do they chase him as he flees from the special world? Nine o'clock. Return. After all that adventure, the hero returns to his ordinary world. Ten o'clock. New life. This quest has changed the hero. He has outgrown his old life. Eleven o'clock. Resolution. All the tangled plot lines get straightened out. Twelve o'clock. Status quo. But upgraded to a new level. Nothing is quite the same once you're a hero. Many popular books and movies follow this ancient formula pretty closely. But let's see how well The Hunger Games fits the hero's journey template. When does Captain Seventy's Miracle Adventure that gets this story moving? When does Sister's name call from the lab? How about assistance? Is anyone going to help her on her adventure? Payment. What about departure? Does she leave her ordinary world? She gets on a train to the capital. Okay, so you get the idea. What do you have in common with Harry Potter, Captain Severine, and Frodo? Well, you're human, just like them. The hero's journey myth exists in all human I think technically Frodo's not human, but. Because we humans reflect on our world through symbolic stories of our own lives. You leave your comfort zone, have an experience that transforms you, and then you recover and do it again. You don't literally slay dragons or fight Voldemort, but you face problems just as scary. Joseph Campbell said, in the cave you fear to enter lies the treasure you seek. What is the symbolic cave you fear to enter? Auditions for the school play? Baseball triumphs? Love? Watch for this formula in books, movies, and TV shows you come across. You will certainly see it again but also be sensitive to it in your own life. Listen for your call to adventure. Accept the challenge. Conquer your fear and claim the treasure you seek. And then do it all over again. Okay, does that apply to Billy Pilgrim? Maybe. I mean, not entirely, but I think somewhat. Um, and part of the reason why it doesn't fit entirely is because that's Kurt Vonnegut's point. Like, Billy Pilgrim is not, maybe not even a hero at all, but he's definitely not your typical hero, right? Um, okay, so a couple more things before we get to there. What's a hero? What do you, what, so these are the things you could answer if you want. Like, what's a hero? What is a hero? Someone who does a good deed. I'm going to write some of this up here. Good deed. Anything else? Okay, so there has to usually there's some sense of sacrifice, right, for others or others. 
Yeah. Anything else? So let's look at some of these sub-questions. Consider what makes someone here. Can you recognize a hero simply by looking? Like if you see a bunch of people and you can say, oh yeah, there's a hero, there's a hero. Of course, we're using that term interchangeably between you know, uh, male and female. Heroin is, I don't like that word, but can you? Can you just look at a group and say, there's a hero? No. Why? Okay, so it has to do with action. So a hero has to actually do something, right? Do you guys agree with that? Action, that kind of fits into both of these things, right? What else does it say? You don't, have to, you don't have a day book, really, but just think, what are five things, five attributes, we'll make a list, of a hero? So let's say, let's start with what we have. Um, one, sacrifice. Two, I'm going to put good deeds, but I'm going to put good in quotation marks. Right, three. Whoops. Active. Right. They have to do something. It has, has to be something. It's not passive. Right. So what's two more? What are the two more attributes of a hero? Any hero, whether it's Billy Pilgrim or something you've read, seen, experienced. What about bravery? Is that often something associated with heroes or heroism? Bravery. And last one. What else? Compassion. I'm sorry? Compassion. Compassion. Do you guys agree with that? Compassion? Even if it's not spoken, I think sometimes, especially this notion of compassion, can come up after the fact. You know, like if, so, if, if, if a hero does it, does something, and then like sort of on the back end realizes that, that, that it was compassion, or someone brings it to their attention that it was compassion, right? But yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so let's go with there. We're going to use these five. Sacrifice, good deeds, because I think that's a little bit um, nebulous, right? Because good depends on who you're talking to, right? I mean, good for one group could not necessarily mean good for another group. But um, beneficial, maybe, is a good way to say it. Beneficial to, to either, usually not to that, that person, but to the group they're part of, right? Um, that they're active, not passive, right? They're very, I, I mean, although... Billy Pilgrim might fit into that passive sense of, <laughs> of being a hero. Um, bravery, is that what that, that's what that says, and compassion. Okay, so those are the five things we're going to go with. So keep those in mind. We'll come up with them on the board. So, uh, so here are the definitions. Like I, can't, I pulled these somewhere, from somewhere. I don't remember where. Uh, I'll just read it. It's up here. Hero versus an idol. And I think a lot of times that's the thing is people get the two confused, right? Um, hero is attributed to uh, a person for their courage, nobility, and outstanding achievement. Hero is attributed to those who have shown exceptional heroism and are admired for their noble qualities and brave deeds. On the other hand, idol can be attributed to a person who is admired with devotion, admiration, and adoration. Okay, Idol used to be the name given to a, di a deity or a god. Hero was a term that referred originally to martial courage, that means warfare. Hero is a word that was coined from the Greek eros, which means warrior, which I think is what Alyssa said, protector, hero, or defender. Idol is a word that is derived from the old French idol, which means an image of a deity as an object of worship. So think about that. When, we, when most people are asked to name a hero, like someone they admire, often they'll say um, a sports figure, maybe, um, maybe someone from music, maybe an artist or something. Do they mean that they look at that person as a hero or do they look at that person as an idol? An idol, generally, right? 
they're not saying, oh yeah, th th that's my hero because they did this specific heroic act. They're saying, I, I admire them in the way that I would admire a deity, sort of, right? So it's very different. I think especially um, in this culture, we get those two words mixed up quite a lot, right? I mean, you guys have all been in situations where um, someone in uniform, someone will say, thank you, you're a hero, thank you for your service or something, right? Wait, do we know anything about that person? Maybe not. We have no idea whether that person's heroic, right? Just because they, they look a certain way, have a certain uniform on, that doesn't make them anything. So what they're talking about there is, is they're, they're considering them an idol. It's idolization, right? It's not a heroic act to put on a uniform. Now, can you be a hero with a uniform on? Absolutely. But that doesn't make you one, necessarily. Okay, so I'm going to look at one quick poem before we get to this book, because it has to do with something very similar. Do you guys know Randall Jarrell's poems? Probably not. Nobody does. Uh, he died in 1965. He actually taught at UNC Greensboro for a very long time. Um, he died under suspicious circumstances, let's say. Uh, it was ruled an accident, but it probably was a suicide. He walked into traffic one morning. Um, he was also a veteran of World War II, and he wrote this poem. This is it. It's very short, and I'll show you a picture of what um, a ball turret gunner is in a second, but I'll read it real quick. So it's called The Death of the Ball Turret Gunner. From my mother's sleep I fell into the state. And I hunched in its belly till my wet fur froze. Six miles from earth, loosed from its dream of life, I woke to black flack and nightmare fighters. When I died, they washed me out of the turret with a hose. Okay, so there's lots of very, very specific in imagery here. So what is, um, from my mother's sleep, I fell into state. What's that? What's the state in this case? We're talking about World War II, right? So is this a way of him saying I was drafted into the Army, perhaps, or the Air Force? Yeah, I think so. I hunched in its belly, and I'll show you a picture. He's talking about the state, but he's also talking about the plane. Till my wet fur froze. So I don't know if you know this, but in World War II, a lot of pilots, especially ball turret gunners, had um, fur-lined jackets because it was freezing because there was no way to, to regulate the temperature. So the, 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 wet, the fur literally froze, right, because it was very cold. Six miles from Earth, some, some bombers flew very high, right, so that they couldn't be hit by anti-aircraft fire from the ground. Um, woke to black flak, that is anti-aircraft fire, you know? And the nightmare fighters, those are fighter planes, probably German fighter planes who were sent up to shoot down the bombers, right? And then when I died, they washed me out of the turret with the hose. And this is what, hopefully this works, yeah, that's a ball turret. Have you ever seen a B-52 bomber? There's these little glass balls on the bottom. I haven't seen Star Wars. Well, it's, just, it's based on this, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, those people would climb in before they took off and get out when they landed again. There was no way in or out once they were in the air. Um, and it's just a glass ball hanging from the bottom of the, of the plane. And a lot of times these were targeted first by fighter pilots because that's, that was their way, the plane's way of defending itself because they had the machine guns in there, right? You had to be very small to fit into them. And there was, it was literally just a glass ball. So you were, it was very cold and you're very vulnerable. So here's what I want you to think about. Hero is the eye of that poem, and I'll go back and show you the poem in a second. A hero. This eye, is this, is this a hero? Is he doing anything heroic, do you think? I mean, I think we're often led to believe that anybody who serves in, in, in the military is a hero automatically, right? And I, I think that that's not necessarily the case. It can be, that, but that doesn't mean that it is, right? So is this eye, is he doing anything heroic? And we can assume if he dies in the result of this battle, that he was probably shooting back at the planes, we don't know that for sure, but does that necessarily make him a hero, right? What else? 
why if it does. So do you think he's a hero or not? There's no right answer here. Or do we not have enough, infor not, not enough information? For their okay, that's, so that falls into that warrior no, that warrior notion of what a hero is, right? So we and we don't even know if he's doing it well because we don't have enough information, right? We just know that he is in a battle. That's it. That's all we know. Um, how does Randall Jarrell want us to think of this person? So let's go back again, wrong way. How does he want us to think about this person? Does this person have any agency? Are they making any choices? Can they control their fate? No. How does the state, which we're going to assume is the United States of America, feel about this person based on that last line? Yeah, it's almost just like, a, like that whole idea of being a machine. It's almost just like, okay, you did your job, now let's wash you out and put somebody else in there, right? There's no connection personally. It doesn't seem to be, right? Um, so what is Jarrell saying? What is he saying about how people get treated when in that, in that particular instance, are they treated well? Are they treated like an individual? Are they treating? Are they treated in any? Is there any personal connection? No, not at all, right? In fact, I, I think what he is really saying is. So uh, the next question: What comment is Jarrell making about the role of the individual in warfare? We talked about this last week, or was it last week? It was last week. Yeah, we talked about this, right? So, are we encouraged to have individuals in warfare? We talked about that notion of like uh, Vonnegut says there are no characters in warfare, right? And I think we agree that no, there aren't. Why? So imagine that you're um, a commander and you have to send a bunch of people in with a chance of them dying. Do you want to know them personally? I mean, would that make it much harder for you afterward? Absolutely it would, right? So that's one of the reasons why there's no individuality, no individuality in warfare. And that's one of the things that Jarrell's talking about in that poem, right? There's no names, there's no, no information about the eye at all, except that they were there, they died, they got washed out. The assumption is someone else replaced them, right? Okay, so now let's talk about Vonnegut, his heroes. Are any of these people heroes, right? So first off, is Billy Pilgrim a hero, do you think? Is he a hero? I mean, he's been, uh, he been through a lot. Does that make him a hero, though? So using the, these, like our definition, right? What does that say again? Sacrifice. Does he, does he ever sac does he make any sacrifices? Kind of. I mean, not giant ones, but like, so what kinds of sacrifices does he make? Does he basically know, does he, does he enter anything knowing that the consequences could be bad, but do it anyway? Yes. Do you guys agree with that? I mean, he does find himself in situations where the consequences could be bad, but he's, is he making a conscious choice to do it? You know, is he, say, is, he, is he entering the fray with the knowledge that he could get hurt, but it's better that he does that? Or is he just, does he just happen to be there? Do you know? There's a difference, right? One is like a conscious choice. The other is, oh, I'm here, <laughs> right? Other people see that fact and make assumptions based on that fact, but actually I'm just here because I'm just here, <laughs> right? Which kind of feels a little bit more like what Billy Pilgrim does. Does he um, do any good deeds or beneficial deeds? Mm, I mean, yeah, I mean, not, not really. He cries about the horses. I don't know if that's a good deed or not. I mean, he doesn't really do anything about it. So I don't know. I mean, um, is he active? Yes. 
Is he? Like, do you, do you guys agree with that? Is he active? Does he, like, rush into stuff, and does he make very conscious decisions, and does he follow through on those decisions? No. He, he, again, I think he's one of those, he's just in a particular place at a particular time. Whatever happens around him happens around him. Things get attributed to him because of that. I don't think, I mean, even, do you remember at the beginning when the sniper's shooting at him, and he literally stands there and lets them take another shot, right? He does not get out of the way. Roland Weary has to pull him out of the way because he's not, he's not active at all. He's, in fact, he's passive, right? Is he brave? No, he's not brave. He's not not brave. He's just neutral, I think, right? Again, he's just sort of going through the motions, right? And then finally, does he have compassion? He might have compassion. What do you think? Like when? Do you know? That's kind of the, that's the only outward sign we have of, of compassion is he cries about the horses, right? Now, we do know that in his adult life after the war, he sort of breaks down weeping at various times. We don't know why. We can make assumptions based on some of the stuff that he saw there, for sure. What about the repetition of the phrase, so it goes, in the story? Is that an act of compassion, or is it not? What do you guys think? I know that's not Billy Pilgrim. That's the, the narrator, but... Does it make you feel a stronger connection to the death of any, any person, or does it just feel like a, sort of almost like a tally mark? There's no right answer. Just think about it, right? Okay, so let's keep going. What about the Trafamadorians? Are they, tra are they heroes? What do you think? We're using the same measure, right? Do they sacrifice anything? I don't know. Remember, they know how the universe is going to end, and they choose not to do anything about it. Is that a sacrifice? I mean, maybe, but it's also a cop-out, too, right? I mean, it's kind of both. Do they do any good deeds? Beneficial deeds? Not really. I mean, what do you think? I mean, they, they, they abduct Billy, but, you know. Yeah. Are they active? They, in fact, are active, aren't they? They, like, go out and do things, right? Now, again, it, does it change the, the fact that they know the outcome already? Maybe a little bit. But they are actually active in a much more, you know, in a way that, that Billy Pilgrim's not. Um, are they brave? So this is, this is where the question comes back to the notion of free will, right? Can you be brave without free will? If you know what's going to happen, which with Chaffa Amadorian supposedly know everything's going to happen, is that still bravery? That doesn't seem like it, right? Part of bravery is not knowing the outcome, right? I mean, you can't put yourself at risk if you know there is no risk, <laughs> right? Even if it looks like it. And then, are they compassionate at all? Do they seem compassionate? I don't think they do. They seem very clinical, don't they? Even when they're talking to Billy, you know, I mean, I think they try, but I just think that I, I have the feeling that compassion is just not part on their, like, sort of emotional palette, really, you know? Okay, let's keep going. What about Mary O'Hare? She's the woman at the beginning um, who Billy, in the first chapter, who Kurt Vonnegut's talking to about the children's crusade and stuff, and she, she, he dedicates the book to her. Is she a hero? So remember back, this, she gets really mad at Billy, I mean, sorry, at Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut when he shows up to talk to her husband, right? And she's slamming things around in the kitchen. Do you remember why she was mad? Yeah, to glorify. Yeah, yeah. So let's go down this list. Does she make a sacrifice? Yeah. 
at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're not going to you know use a scale of sacrifice. I think on some level she she tries to make him feel at home in her house, even though she like very much objects to him being there until she gets him to say or understands that that's not his point, right? So maybe. Does she do a good deed or a beneficial deed? I think she does, right? I mean, once she understands that, that that's not his point to glorify war, then they sort of become fast friends, right? So maybe that's a good deed. She's giving him a chance. Is she active? She is active. Like, she's showing that she's upset. She, whenever he asks her about it, you know, they have a conversation. Is she brave? Is it brave for her to do that, do you think? So this is, I think it is. I mean, it's hard to tell someone how you, if you really disagree with them. Like, it's, it's not an easy thing, right? So yes, I do think she's brave. Is she compassionate? Yes. Absolutely, because that's driving the whole thing. So is she a hero? Yes. I don't know. I mean, that's up to you. Tell me what you think. What about Edgar Derby? Do you remember him? He's the American who gets, gets voted in as leader of the Americans, right? As, when they're in the POW camp. He's the older guy who used to teach, I can't remember like history or problem, uh, I can't remember what he teaches. He teaches high school, he's older, he's in great shape. The British nominate him for the leadership of the Americans because he seems like he'll be wise. What does he do? Is he a hero? Does he make a sacrifice? Yeah, absolutely, right? He in fact pulls all these political um, threads so that he can get into the army when he's not really supposed to because he's too old, right? Does he do a good, does he do a good deed, beneficial deed? I think he does by taking on when they nominate him to be leader. Nobody really cares, right? He sort of takes that seriously. He stands up to Campbell, right? He t calls him all those names about when he's trying to convince him to come fight for the Germans. I think that could be a good deed. Is he active? I mean, I think he is, right? Again, he went through all that trouble to get into the military in the first place. He takes his role as leader seriously, even if nobody else does. He ends up stealing a teapot and getting shot for it, but, you know. What else? Uh, is he brave? Does he, does he, does he you know, um, commit any acts of bravery? I mean, some people might say him just signing up at his age was a brave act, maybe, right? Standing up to Campbell, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think he's brave. Is he compassionate? I think he's compassionate to Billy, right? He's one of the people who, who sits in the... the hospital wing with him when he's recovering after he freaks out watching the Cinderella show, right? So is he a hero? Maybe, right? What about the British POWs? So remember, a couple things to keep in mind with them, right? So they're the, they're the ones that we're supposed to think of as the real soldiers in this book, right? Because they're in great shape, they take it very seriously, but the fact is they haven't fought in five years. They don't, they're not actually soldiering, <laughs> right? They're just being a POW. So keep that in mind. Um, have they sacrificed anything? I mean, yeah, they've been held as POWs for, four, for five years. That's a pretty big sacrifice, right? Are they doing any good deeds? Sort of, right? They, when they think the Americans are going to be one thing, they set up this huge feast for them, right? That's kind of a good deed. Right now, that changes when they realize they're not what they expected, right? Um, are they active? Yeah, they're very active, right? Are they compassionate? I mean, are they brave? Sorry, are they brave? Do they, do they commit any acts of bravery? 
I, I would argue no, but that's, tell me what you think, right? I mean, they are, they are being held as POWs for sure, right? But they're, all the acts they do in that regard are for their own self-interest, right? They trade with the Germans to get stuff to fix up their, house, their, their housing. I mean, they're not really going out of the way for anybody. So I would say that they don't do anything brave. And are they compassionate? Do they go? Yes, I, I agree with that somewhat. Again, this has to do with their own self-interest, though, right? So they're willing to put themselves out there for the Americans until they realize the Americans are not what they expected. And then they're like, yeah, we're done, <laughs> right? So is that true compassion, then? I would say, no, it's not true compassion. So I would say maybe they're not so much uh, heroes, maybe. I don't know. And what about Valencia, his wife? Is she a hero? Does she make a sacrifice? What do you think? How does she feel about Billy? Remember they say in, I don't know, chapter 9, I think, right before she dies? She adores Billy, right? He's her whole life. Does she go ever, does she make a sacrifice for him ever? I think she does, right? If nothing else, one, she puts her life in jeopardy and, in fact, loses her life as a result of trying to drive to meet him when she finds out she's had this accident, right? Does she do any good deeds? or beneficial deeds. I feel like she probably does. We don't know about them, because here's the deal. I think that she goes out of her way to support Billy, and he's obviously been relatively successful. So I think on some level, she has been doing good deeds to support him, right? Is she active? I mean, judging from the instances that we know about her, the fact that she jumped in her car to drive to the hospital is pretty active, right? Um, she seems to be involved with her daughter before she dies. Um, she goes to see Billy in the Veterans Hospital. Uh, I think she's, I would say, moderately active, let's say. Um, is she brave? Does she do anything brave? I would say that. What about the fact that she decides to marry this guy? Well, she gets engaged to a guy who seems a little bit off to other people, who ends up in a Veterans Hospital because he has a mental breakdown and then they still get married afterward. Would some people say that's brave? Yeah. I, would, I mean, I'm not saying, I don't know whether it is not, but I think that plenty of people would say that's brave, right? And then this kind of goes with that. Is she compassionate? Again, we don't know her. She's not a super well-developed character, but what we know about her, is she compassionate? Does she show compassion to anybody? Yeah. I think she does, absolutely. Um, is she a hero? Maybe. I don't know. Tell me what you think. And then finally, Montana Wild Hack. So this is the, the woman who ends up being Billy's mate on Trophamador, right? Probably at one time in her life at least was an adult actor, but then turns into a sort of mainstream actor, actress. Um, she's 20, right, when she ends up on Trophamador with Billy. So let's go through these things. Does she make any sacrifices? Kind of, right? I mean, she ends up, she didn't have a choice, but she does make the best of the situation, right? She ends up having a relationship with Billy, so that's kind of a sacrifice. Um, does she do any good deeds? What, about, what do we know? Well, mostly what we know about her is her time with Billy on Trophamador, right, in the zoo. Are there any good deeds there or beneficial deeds? I think so. She listens to his stories, right? She believes him on some level, which I think is more than many people do. Is she active? Again, we only see her when she's held captive, but in that, that situation, I think she is active because she does specifically 
try to cultivate a relationship with Billy after, after she, you know, gets over the shock of being in a zoo, <laughs> you know, which is considerable. Um, is she brave? How does she act when she, once she gets comfortable in the zoo with Billy? How does she act? Does it seem to bother her? No, it doesn't, right? She, in fact, she even points out to Billy at one point that they're messing with the clocks again, right? It seems to just be totally normal. So that feels like a brave, I mean, if you were in a zoo, <laughs> and aliens were watching you and you weren't freaking out and you were just like, well, I got to make the best of this. That seems like a brave act, doesn't it? I mean, the alternative is just to be, you know, crazy all the time. Like, I don't know. I mean, and then what about compassion? Is she compassionate? I mean, I think she is, right? It's with regard to Billy. I mean, that's the only I ever see her was with Billy, right? She is compassionate. She believes him. She listens to his story. She, she tries to comfort him. She does all those things. So is she a hero in this story? I don't know. See what you think. Let's see. I think there's one more slide. Uh, why did I write so many words? You don't have to do this with a partner, obviously. We're just going to talk about it. We kind of went through all this stuff. Uh, with your partner, consider the five character types, which on that, past, that last screen, which was right there. Um, who under normal circumstances would be considered a hero? We just talked about it. Under normal circumstances, like if you just heard, <sighs> wrong way. If you heard Billy Pilgrim fought in World War II, many people would just automatically assume he was a hero, right? I mean, that's, we're taught to believe that, right? Is he actually a hero? I don't know. Same thing with the Trophimidorians. Maybe, I don't know, the alien thing might throw people off. Are we supposed to think of people, you know, exploring other worlds for their, for their, you know, their planet? Is that a heroic act? Some people might say so, right? Are they heroes necessarily? I don't know. Uh, Mary O'Hare, this woman, is that from the, the probably the fifties? She's a housewife, and she stands up to this author. Was that would we normally think of that as, as someone as a hero? In this circumstance, do we? Those kinds of things, right? Um, blah 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 blah. Do any of these people's status change? Right. So let me go back again. Whoops. Do any of them are they heroes at one point, and then they're not? because of something they do or don't do. You know, think about that. All these people go through a whole bunch of stuff, right? The British POWs, for example, before they were captured, probably might, might have been actually heroes because they seem to really live to fight, right? But once they're captured, then things change. They, they seem to be just worrying about their own self-interest, right? Um, someone like Vol Montana Wild Heck, Heck um, outside of that zoo probably wouldn't be considered a hero necessarily by in, in general, right? But in that context, she does seem like she's a hero, right? Or if we go from what we know about her when Billy sees the article about her in the bookstore, it's a very different picture than her with him on, on Trafalgar, right? So maybe in one case, she's, she's more heroic than the other, right? So people change. Okay, and then finally, what, how do you think Vonnegut wants us to feel about these people? How do you know, why do you think he wants us to feel this way? What is, what is, let me go back. Ah. What does Vonnegut want us to think about the idea of a hero? What do you think? Is he trying to tell us that it's a positive thing or a negative thing? That it's a static thing or that it's dynamic, that it changes? He's trying to tell us often heroes are the people we least suspect are heroes, right? Is he trying to, tell, to have, have us question who is a hero? I mean, I think he's definitely doing all those things, right? Because normally this is a, if, we, if I were just to tell you, this is a book about this guy who gets drafted and serves in World War II, gets captured, survives the firebombing of Dresden, and goes on to li live a prosperous life. 
right? If I just tell you that, that sounds like someone who you, we might think, oh, well, that's, he probably did some heroic stuff. He's probably a hero, right? Now, what we know is Billy sort of isn't a hero, right? Because he never really does anything. <laughs> he just happens to be places, right? So think about that. Um, you don't have to answer all these. I think you just, just pick like five of them and just tell me a sentence or two about what you think, right? You can put it on a thing, wrong way. And I don't know why I wrote that there, but you can share your ideas with me. You will um, be able to revisit this next week when we talk about the essay because this pick, if you choose to write the essay, this can sort of help um, solidify some of your thinking a little bit. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, what time is it? So the bell should, I don't know how close these are right. Are the bells right today? They're never right. What is the second period? 